Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Pixel Swim podcast. This is the podcast where we take a dive into design and technology and where they meet, plus other little tidbits that I find interesting. Uh, a lot of mobile technology. <laughs> I'm sure if you've listened to all the episodes up until now, you realize that I'm a big uh, mobile phone geek. So uh, either way, uh, my name is Steve Heinrich. I'm the host, and this will be released on Thursday, May 31st, 2018. Uh which is actually my dad's birthday too. So happy birthday, dad, if you're listening to this. Okay, so we usually start off with a few notes here that I have from the last week. Uh, A lot of most of the show actually is going to be notes and stuff uh, over the last week, but I'm also going to expand on a few things later. So I'll get all my mobile phone stuff out of the way. I know I talk a lot about that, but I'm still in the search for another Android device or an Android device that I can use for... Uh, you know, a year or more without (laughs) switching to anything else. So uh, I've mentioned in the past the Moto G third generation. That is, was my favorite phone of all time. And so I think I I haven't used it for a little while, for months now, uh, probably about six months. And so I've been searching for another Android device that kind of replaces it. For a moment there, I thought the Moto E4 Plus was it, but uh, it did not. (laughs) It just didn't really replace it. The camera is the one big caveat with the Moto E4 Plus is the camera isn't that great. I I love the camera on the Moto G third generation. But either way, I'm still looking for a device. And I've mentioned a few in the past. And this week, I especially looked at the Moto G6, which was actually is up for pre-order now as of today. And it looks like it'll be shipping June 1st. And it's the the just straight up Moto G6. So there's three Moto G, new Moto G6 versions. There's the Moto G6, which is the standard version. And then there's also the Moto G6 Plus, which I don't think is coming to the US. And then there is the Moto G6 Play, which is a lower spec version of the Moto G6. So, uh, but each has their own kind of advantages. So I know that the Moto G6 has a an upgraded processor from the Moto G6 Play. So I'm not going to go over too many of the, de- the details of the devices or the specs or anything like that. But the biggest thing for me as I was looking at the G6 and the G6 Play is that the G6 Play has a 4000 milliamp hour battery in it. So to me, that's a huge advantage over the G6, just the G6. So... But I did look at getting potentially just getting the G6 as is. It has a 3000 milliamp hour battery and, you know, it's the Moto G line. And I guess it has Dolby Atmos on for the the front facing speaker that it has. I saw a video demonstration of that. So and it looked pretty cool. So I started to really consider the Moto G6, especially because it's the only one I can actually order right now. And because my wife is in school, it, Motorola offers a student discount on their website. I, be, I believe it's 10% off. So basically, I can get the Moto G6 with tax and, well, there's no shipping, but we're out the door. It's 227.36, two, uh, that's in dollars. So that's pretty good considering it's selling for two, 249 and that before tax and everything like that so uh it's definitely tempting to go for that and then uh throw a speaking case on there i think actually i think it may come with the case in the box 
not 100% sure. I've seen videos to that effect. But yeah, the Moto G6 is on my radar. <laughs> There's a million phones on my radar right now. So we will see. But I just wanted to mention that. And it is sitting in my cart on Motorola's website. Um, we'll see. I'm still trying to decide if it's if it's something that I want to go with. So I love the Moto G, G line. And this looks like they've made quite a few improvements this year. So and, you know, they follow all the trends with the the 16 nine screen or the two by one screen and and all that stuff. So I'm not a big fan of the glass back or the fact that it's running a Snapdragon 450, I believe it is. Uh, so I'm not sure <laughs> if that's equivalent to uh, the 600 series or not, or what, you know, what the comparison would be between a Snapdragon 450 and say last year's 600 series on the G5 plus and other G5 models. So yeah, so that's been on my radar. Just thought I'd mention that uh, my SIM card right now is in the LG Q6, which I've mentioned in the past. Uh, it's just kind of sitting in there, you know, <laughs> it's not, not an amazing device. The speaker on it's the one big downfall of it for me but overall it's just it's you know it's a fairly solid device camera is a little bit of a downfall as well but it's very functional for everyday use so that's why it's kind of been sitting there mostly because of the form factor so i have the e4 plus but it's just too big <laughs> uh, for me to use it for a long time and, and be comfortable with it so and also this last week i signed up for another year of Mint Mobile. I know I mentioned it as Mint Sim last time that I talked about it, but I guess they've rebranded to Mint Mobile. And so I signed up for another year, uh, which essentially came out to $16 a month for uh, per line. So my wife and I paid about, it's about, yeah, about $32 a month for unlimited talk, unlimited text, and two gigabytes of data, which isn't a ton, but we are so well-trained to connect to Wi-Fi that it's really not. And we, we've never even come close to going over those two gigabytes. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to not having to worry about that bill for until next, you know, next year, <laughs> until next June. So yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing I think about the service is it's like, uh, it, some services you sign up for a two-year contract and the price isn't really that great but this is a great price and i don't mind paying for a year in, in advance because you're you get you know you get a discounted rate for doing that so yeah signed up for another year of that and we'll we should be just fine it seems like they're growing quite a bit so that's something that's i've been confident <laughs> in them since since the beginning really and they 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 haven't let me down at all. So definitely suggest Mint Mobile in the US. Okay, so that's this week's kind of just general overview of my mobile device usage, I guess you could say. Uh, not super in depth, but yeah, I like to talk about that stuff because it's one of my biggest hobbies. So let's get into some of the bigger topics that I want to talk about this week. And the first one is I want to talk about SSL certificates. <laughs> now, this is something, and, and this was really spurred on this week. Uh, I've been helping Steve Litchfield try and get his website uh, onto HTTPS, which is the secure connection for websites <laughs> versus HTTP. So, uh, this is a big thing that is being pushed these days because essentially Google is going to 
Uh, maybe they are already. I'm not sure exactly, but they are going to start ranking websites as far as Google search results outside of the the paid advertising. So the the organic search results uh, will the the HTTPS websites that are secure legitimately will now it will factor into rankings and and essentially help your search engine optimization. Uh, numbers i guess you would say so you you show up higher than a site that's not secure so there's been a big push in the web in the web development world or you know any any company or all websites trying to become secure and so essentially to set your site up on https you need an ssl security or an ssl certificate and ssl stands for secure sockets layer so essentially, it's uh, when you visit a website, your connection to that website will basically encrypt it and make it secure between the two, make the connection secure. So it looks for a certificate and the website says, yes, we, we have a certificate. Uh, and then it, it encrypts all the data bet- passed between the two. So like I was saying, I was talking to Steve Litchfield about it this week a little bit and I decided to try and secure my own website to see if I could get that going because I was suggesting to Steve that he use or purchase an SSL certificate from his hosting provider, uh, which is the only up until now, that's the only (laughs) real way that I knew how to do this because I had done this for a site for work and that's how I did it. It is nice and easy through the billing portal to just purchase this an SSL certificate. And this is by domain name. So if you purchase a certificate and you have multiple websites, I believe you have to have one for each domain name, which if you're a big corporation or a big company can start to add up if you're purchasing them. But Steve mentioned there this Let's Encrypt SSL certificate, which is essentially a non-profit initiative i guess you would say there's a bunch of companies involved in it and uh, from what i remember mozilla is involved who creates firefox the browser so uh it's it's definitely a legit project called let's encrypt like let us encrypt but short version (laughs) with the apostrophe but uh anyway i was looking into it because it's a free free option to install an an SSL certificate on your website to get it secure and essentially be meet the standards that Google is looking at. So, uh, and and again, I just, I'll throw this in there too, is the reason, part of the reason this is important too, is because in, I believe it's Chrome version 68, Google will be displaying a not secure message in the URL bar to the left of your website url so essentially right now there is just an information icon and if you click that it says not you can see that it's not a secure connection but in the future chrome will it'll say not secure in the bar so essentially making it a little more difficult to (laughs) make yourself like the thing about it is is that right it's not a whole lot is going to change for the user but especially on a site where they're not purchasing anything or inputting any of their information but the just seeing not secure in the url bar could deter people from your website so that's part of why right now 
a lot of websites are trying to implement this. At least I know I am. I've been, you know, kind of scrambling to learn all about this and, and, and what I can do for it. So, yeah, so I was looking to learn Let's Encrypt is what it's called and how to implement that on my website and hopefully repeat that process for Steve's website. So I looked into it and lo and behold, a lot of hosting providers don't provide a way out of the box to do this. So my hosting provider did not have a way necessarily out of the box to do it. So there is a way to create the SSL certificate and then install it yourself on your server. So yeah, so I was able to successfully do that. But what this got me thinking about, and it's going to kind of bring me into my next topic here about web hosting is it got me looking for a new web host because I'll link to the Let's Encrypt website uh, so you can read a little bit about what it is. And But on their website, they list a bunch of web hosts, which are, you know, essentially is where your website lives, you know, all the files and stuff that you access via the internet. So on Let's Encrypt, they list a bunch of web hosts that support Let's Encrypt SSL certificates. So essentially taking a lot of the legwork out of trying to get one up and running on the site if you can at all. So there is a bunch of hosts that actually support it out of the box, which is what, which I wanted because I didn't, I I thought it would be a really great tool to have on hand for all the websites that I, that I work on. So, you know, just, you know, being able to say, uh, and also, you know, if you, if you take me, you know, let me take on your website, I can also add in the secure layer of SSL and HTTPS, you know, right out of the box. So, and the fact that Let's Encrypt is installed out of the box on the server is, is a major win. (laughs) So, and another big reason why this, I, I wanted to move to a hosting provider that provided it or provided support for Let's Encrypt out of the box is because the Let's Encrypt security or SSL certificates expire after 90 days, which I guess is pretty standard for free certificates. Uh, Usually if you buy through your hosting provider, they are good for about a year, but you are paying for that. So with a web host that supports Let's Encrypt out of the box, you are able to automate the process. Basically, Um, if you don't have that support out of the box, you have to recreate or update manually your SSL certificate every 90 days, which is not a huge deal because it is free. But if you're, you know, busy, (laughs) you know, every 90 days is, is going to come a lot quicker than you realize. And it's just one less thing you're going to have to do, especially when there are options out there to automate these things. And so a lot of shared web hosts, which is what most people are going to purchase when they, if they're setting up, you know, a personal website or just, you know, mid to low traffic websites really only need shared hosting. But either way, I, I searched for, I went through the list on Let's Encrypt and started looking at all of the, the web hosts that supported it out of the box. And so I narrowed it down and narrowed it down and narrowed it down because another reason that I'm looking for, you know, I'm always on the lookout for two things. Usually, usually it's, a cell phone provider that is the cheapest 
and also a web host that is cheap and offers a lot. Also, that's the same with the the cell provider. So basically cheap and provides a lot of features. So when I found out about this Let's Encrypt thing, I decided that, you know, I'm going to try and maybe find one of these hosts on this list and switch over, you know. So I did. I found a host called Stable Hosting. Uh, another big thing about the hosting, too, and, and this is an upgrade, is the fact that there is unlimited storage. Right now, my current hosting plan is on is with a host called A Small Orange, <laughs> which is kind of a strange name, but I found them uh, probably about three years ago. And the big thing about them was they offered a $5 plan and you got five gigabytes of storage, but you got a fully featured cPanel, which I'll talk about cPanel in a little bit. But I did find, like I said, a host called Stable Host who supports Let's Encrypt out of the box, which essentially means I can set up an SSL certificate for free and it will automatically renew itself every 90 days without me having to go in and do anything. So I thought that was a really great feature. They offered unlimited storage, unlimited bandwidth, that kind of thing. So, And bandwidth is essentially just the amount of data that gets transferred from your server. So to and from, I think it is. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. So yeah, this week, or really yesterday, I signed up for a stable host account and tested things out. And yeah, lo- and and in the settings, in the cPanel settings, there was a Let's Encrypt built-in plugin. So I went and, and tried it out and it was great. It worked perfectly. So I'm super happy about that. You may have noticed on Twitter that I said the Pixel Swim website would be down for a little bit. And it was uh, while I switched it over to this hosting website. So essentially, uh, when you switch hosts, you want to keep your old hosting account up and active and then, you know, bring everything over. So luckily, my website's running on WordPress. There's a lot of good options to move it over. So and maybe I'll talk about those in the future as well. But yeah, so my SSL experiences so far is that I'm I'm still kind of learning about them and I'm still figuring some things out about it. Really, it's just about take finding, you know, good options and Steve Litchfield turned me on to Let's Encrypt, so that really put me down a rabbit hole <laughs> and I've switched my hosting because because of it. So, uh which I'm really happy that I did. So, I before I had five gigabytes for $5 a month. Now I have unlimited storage. I mean, there is some restrictions, you know, but I, the thing is, is I doubt I will ever reach the limitations, but I get, uh, yeah, unlimited and it's for about $9 a month. So really good deal, especially because I've been taking on more website work lately, freelance work. And so it's great to, to have a good and cheap host with a lot of features like that. So Okay, so let's delve a little bit into cPanel and what that is. So essentially, when you go and you purchase hosting, uh, what I look for anyway, since since the beginning of my hosting adventures years ago, uh, my shared hosting adventures, uh, every host that I've been on has had what they call cPanel. And essentially, this is just a graphical interface to control the things on your hosting account or your the server where your hosting account is. So 
just a really great tool to have. And, and a, it takes a lot of the learning curve out of managing all of your domains and your file storage and your databases. And so it makes it puts it into an easy to understand graphical interface. And so, yeah, there's a lot of options in cPanel. And the thing is, is that cPanel is very well documented. And so if there's something you're trying to do or something you're trying to learn how to do in cPanel, you can usually find pretty good documentation about it. And usually on the your host's website. Uh, one thing to know about cPanel is that not all web hosts have the same version or even offer all of the same features in cPanel. So you will find differences in with web hosts in cPanel. So I've noticed that over the years. One of the big things when I went to a, a small orange <laughs> a few years ago was that they offered pretty much everything that cPanel that you can that want in cPanel. So that was a big thing. So I could edit things uh, some more advanced features in cPanel. And before I was at a small orange, I had a HostGator account, which HostGator is a giant, very, very popular host, web host. And so they had a cPanel option, but it was very, you know, it wasn't extremely limited, but there were definitely features that they did not include in cPanel. So from my perspective, that was, you know, a little frustrating, which is part of why I went to a small orange and their fully featured cPanel. So I was able to make advanced edits and stuff like that to say like the domain name records, you know, I was able to add the, the name name or domain name records. So uh, something that I couldn't do in HostGator. So it, it you start to learn if you use cPanel for a little while and you read tutorials on how to do certain things that if you're reading a tutorial and you go into your own cPanel and you can't do that thing. It is, it's frustrating. And so, which is why I always check out <laughs> what is offered in a web host cPanel. And like I said, it's just a, an easy graphical interface to control uh, a lot of the aspects of your server. So, and it just offers a lot of tools that are easy to use, uh, file managers, uh, database, setting up a database is basically you just fill out a few fields and you you know click submit and then you see all of your database it's really easy i definitely suggest looking into cpanel if you're going to go uh go out and look for a web host for your website so and and what i'm talking about today really is shared web hosting and so essentially what that is is is, is it's a bunch of <laughs> servers you know a, a company will have a bunch of servers and then everybody gets their own allocated space on those servers. So you don't have a dedicated server. So it's not just yours, you're sharing it with a whole, whole bunch of other accounts. So you don't get full control over the physical machine or the hard drive. So which is where the cPanel comes in, it lets you control everything from there, you know, from one nice dashboard. And, and while it's not a full control over the machine, it gives you a lot of options and, and pretty much everything you would need unless you're creating a more advanced web environment or network for a company. So uh, basic websites and basic e-commerce will work 
on a shared web host. Whew, okay. I uh, hope that all wasn't too all over the place about everything I was just talking about. So yeah, if you have any questions or I'm, I'm really, like I said, I'm still learning the process. I've come a long way since I started and I'm able to make all of this SSL and HTTPS stuff work pretty successfully. So um, if you have a website or something and you listen to the show, uh, just reach out if you're looking to uh, if you have any shared web hosting questions, um, I've been using a shared web host for, gosh, a lot of years now. So at, at least five or six years, maybe. So yeah, feel free to reach out with any questions about that or feedback on any of the, the things that I said. <laughs> like I said, I hope it wasn't too jumbled. I'm really trying to work on structure and explaining things in these shows. So uh, I hope it wasn't too all over the place. But that should do it for this week. I think I've rambled on long enough. So check out pixelswim.com for the show notes and social links, all my social links. Feel free to feedback on there. There's a contact form on there or an email address you can send feedback to. So uh, yeah, anybody who feels like they could use some help with any of that, just let me know and uh, let me know if I got anything wrong. <laughs> I'm sure that I did somewhere in there. Like I said, uh, kind of working on the structured explanation of things. So yeah, thanks for tuning in again. I appreciate it as always. And tune in again next week to the Pixel Swim podcast. I'll be back and we'll be episode 20, which is crazy. Uh, I didn't think I would make it this far this quickly. So uh, again, thanks for tuning in and have a great night or afternoon or evening or dusk or dawn or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. Thanks again and Godspeed.